the podcast you have been waiting for. Six friends, six opinions, infinite laughs. You're watching history in the making. You don't have to open up your eyes, you can clearly see. The number one podcast is GCU Week. 20 years of brotherhood, the Q lot familiar. Raw, uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. Bubs opinionated, why Eddie keep you laughing? Steve will get the T while Shot tells us all what's happening. Spiritual or natural, I'm here for the thrills. And when it comes to PJ, y'all, please say the real. From quick hits, heavy lifting, the master of the week. We get ratings through the roof every time that we speak. PA, PA, GA to the Aspens. Turning podcasts into undertable has been sports, entertainment, and current events. Sometimes we get pissed, so the crew got a vent. So when Friday night come, you know just what to do. Sit back, put up your feet, and now rocking with the Q. Once again, it's on, people. You already know it's Friday night, and you are now rocking with the Q on your favorite podcast. As you can see, we have a number tonight, but we still going to make it do what it do. As usual, I'm going to go around and get the introductions from the fellas. We want to send a shout-out to Steve, Eddie, and PJ, the real PJ, that aren't on tonight. But before we do, I must admit, this is GQ. GQ, not to be affiliated with the magazine of the company. Now, first, we're going to go up to the 717 with Bob. What's good, Hey, what's up, everybody? If it's your first time with us, we welcome you. And if it's not your first time with us, we welcome you back. Either way, we hope that we hope that you sit back and enjoy this very important show. Most definitely, most definitely. Now we're gonna go down to Atlanta with Mr. Swab Magazine himself. Shad, what's happening down there? What's going on, people? So, number one, first and foremost, this is the I'm not your punching bag show. AKA keep your hands to yourself, AKA your mama taught you better. So we about to have some fun with it. We're going to talk about some things that do involve some violence. So trigger warning, if you are somebody who has experienced some of these things, it's going to make you uncomfortable. Feel free to tap out when you need to jump back in. We'll try to be as respectful as possible, um, but we're going to have some fun with it as well. So all that said, let's jump straight in. And we got to go first and foremost, I think, Draymond's situation might be the best way to go. So, you know, I mean, Draymond and Jordan Poole were at practice. Some words were exchanged during practice. Some words were also exchanged about some things beforehand. Um, It's been multiple occasions. And consequently, uh, Draymond popped Jordan Poole one. Uh, It was a smooth steal. Um, He got him off. Sucker punch. I don't even think it was a sucker punch. He's got in his sucker face. Punch. Nah, Jordan Poole pushed him. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not giving him sucker punch. He shouldn't have gotten his face that close. Nah. So, all right, we're gonna, all right, let's jump into it, right? So, number one, anybody walking up to you, pulling their shorts up at the um at the knee, you know what's about to happen. That's that's universal hood rules you're about to get popped. So, if I'm coming to you and I got my hands on my shorts and I'm pulling them up at the knee, that's a sign. There's some aggression coming off there. Before that, they said um, Draymond threw a ball across court at Jordan Poole and missed him. So it was already some words going back and forth because Draymond was missing foul shots. He missed a foul shot. He airballed it, so they had to run laps or run suicides, whatever. So Jordan Poole popping shit off at him as it's going on. Draymond threw a ball at him. He's still popping shit. Draymond walked over to him. The coach knew what was about to happen because his ass walked over there behind Draymond. You know you're about to pop somebody. You got punched in the mouth. I mean, I'm, to me, that's, that's classic teammate big brother big cousin like you the little young bull talking shit you still new to this and you got popped in the mouth that's a teammate situation that's all 
you know what? I'm not even going to act like fights don't happen in practice because we all know back in the day from Jordan, the Magic, the Bird, fights happen in practice all the time. But number one, I don't think Jordan Poole knew exactly how Draymond was going to come. I don't think he expected it to be that magnitude. But nevertheless, Draymond, no, he walked over to him. So if you get close enough on somebody, either they're going to walk away or they're going to push you. So you should expect it either or. I still think it was a sucker punch, though. Because then you sucker punch and then you look like you wanted to hit him again. But he had to catch him because he hit him so hard. But you see, that's the problem. <laughs> like, that's the problem. But that's, that's not a sucker punch. If but I, you're if, supposed to be my brother, though, right? Now I'm supposed to respect you after this, right? Yo, my brother. Yo, I I have situations. Me and Vaughn have had physical fist fights. Like it's it's going down. We've had fist fights growing up. There, there's a moment I pulled a bat and hit him in his leg with it, and I hit him to the point my mom was like, "You need to get out the house and run." So she was trying to stop him because he was coming after me. Like it happens. I have cousins. I've gotten in the fights with cousins. I've gotten in a fight with teammates. I've gotten in a fight with friends. It happens. Like if you popping off, that's why I don't think Jordan Poole making a big deal about it. You know you fucked up. That's why you got punched in the mouth. They said he hasn't spoken to him as yet, and I think, I think, I think there's a lot to it because we're saying it from a family aspect, and we know in sports we say you're a family exactly. and things like that. But truth be told, you're still two grown men at your job. Like we're only like we're here because we're paid to be around each other. And if you can't respect me, and Jordan Poole isn't from the hood. You know what I mean? Like he played college ball with my cousin. So I know he's not from the hood. That's why he didn't even know how to react. He just pushed him out of his face. Like, hey, my man, get out of my face. Like, and Draymond knew who he was swinging on because there's a lot of people exactly. that he wouldn't approach like that. And we can name, we, there's a lot of names we can rattle off that he won't. Like he called KD a B, but you didn't see him tee off on KD because KD is from the hood. Like, you know what I mean? Like whatever be said. So it's, it's very coincidental that he approached Jordan Poole with that type of energy, but hasn't really done that type of thing in games. And I also think the violation comes into play with the center photographer. Whoever leaked the footage, of course they're going to be fired, and they're going to lose out on a lot of money because, one, you were with the Gold State Warriors during the peak of their, their dynasty, Correct. and you leaked the footage just to get a couple dollars, you know. But also, maybe they just don't care for Draymond and his contract's coming up, and they just wanted to get that, and they'll take that loss along with the fact that they leaked that out for him. I don't know, but the fact that Jordan Poole's also coming, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's in his third, I mean, he's in his fourth year's contract's coming up. He helped his team propel them into a thing like Draymond Mayfield Jordan because he's also on the back end of his his um his oh, career, yeah. his, his career contract, and he's not as important as Steph and Clay, and they're both back, and they build up a lot of big men. So I think there's also some things with, within Draymond that he has to deal with, you know, and I think that came out, but on the person that he knew that he could do it with, because he didn't approach Wiggins. You know what I mean? Like he didn't approach Wiggins. He didn't come with Kaminga. He knew the right guy to approach. You yeah. know what I mean? So, but, but, it, but it's, but it's, that's, that's, that's the easy way to say it. But there's the also, but there's been conversations that Jordan Poole has the mouth of the team. Like he's that's the fine. one that's always, so you're the one that's, you're always talking trash. You're so you should already trash. expect that's it. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, if you're not from the hood, then you need to learn hood tactics. Certain shit you just don't do. You we'll don't antagonize out, somebody and then gets back. That's I mean, you're in, you're, in the, you're in the heat of battle. And then here's the thing. And you played basketball. 
Absolutely. And the thing is, like, so you know, like, when you out on the court, people talk trash to you. You can't swing on them shot in the middle of the game. And they say some some, and we come from the era though, where but, people would say some, people would say players. some some wild stuff to you, and that's in the heat of a regular game. This is your teammate, right? You know what I mean? but that's what I'm saying. But but even still, there's there's a lot of NBA fights that have happened. There's a lot of NFL fights there, that have happened there, because of people talking is. shit. There but is. you know what? But that's 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 a it's a private practice. We have no idea how many fights happen in private practices. We have no idea like what locker I mean, room annex look like. We do oh, have oh. an idea, but the footage does always make it like we do know in this society, and we got to respect. I mean, we got to um, address this as well. This current wave of society don't expect that things aren't going to get leaked because this is the hey, like we discussed before. Hey, look at me, um, era. So yeah, if that's recorded, there's a possibility it might get out, and like we document everything at this point. So that's the difference between like. A lot of fights that took place, and like you said, the Magic Jordan, Shaq, Kobe. Like we know that Shaq and Kobe swung on each other, but right. there's no footage to it. You know what I mean? And they just imagine Shaq right. trying to hit Kobe, Kobe trying to. So we know these things, and we're aware of it. But to actually see it looks even crazier because we actually have the footage. And then he has a family. You know what I mean? He has a mom and dad. He has a, you know, um, girlfriend. He has people that's oh, oh. So that's there's there's, there's a lot more to it now. At this at this point, like. It's not no, like the I old times. So we I have to know what? Our, our thinking with it. Hold on, though. Before we even go any further with this, before we change subjects or whatever, mm-hmm. either way you look at it, as we talked about before in previous podcasts, it's toxic. And I don't think people look at it from the outside. You know what I mean? The way I do, maybe. I'm giving up. No, I'm about to give up biased opinion. It's toxic because, number one, when that hit takes place, people want to focus on the two people involved. That's not true because it's people that love Poole. It's people that love Draymond. It's people that love the cook. You know, it's a team. You got love. Right. It's somebody in that locker room where that was on that floor that probably didn't like the way Draymond hit Poole. That probably would have went at Draymond. Probably still feel some type of way about Draymond. But then there's something to be like, that's what Poole get. So now it's a team thing. It's beyond the two people. Right. Everybody's right. focused on the two people. But now that toxicness you know what I'm saying? Is it fully gone from the whole aspect of the team now? Or well, somebody will never know. The, the only toxic person is going to be the person that reacts because people talk all day. And like we said, like we're going to discuss further on with this whole show, which is going to be like the theme, is keep your hands to yourself. Because just because somebody right. says something, you have self-control. And as the older statesman, you do have... so Because people have talked and said worse to Draymond, I'm sure. You know what I mean? But he's not going to do that if Giannis said something to him because he knows that his, his block could get rocked. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's certain people. He knew I don't that believe that. Draymond's not saying that. He's not doing that to know Giannis. He's not doing that to know Giannis. But how many how many fights has Draymond been in since he's been in the league? Because there's, there's literally. Hold up. He fights a little moves. Like nah, the I'm talking about. He ain't been in no fights. He ain't been in no fights. There's a whole YouTube there's a whole YouTube video of the best Draymond skirmishes. I watched hey, it. Skirm- it's not, it's not, he's not skirmishes. It swings. He's not fighting nobody. Yo, he, yo, basketball players don't fight though. You know this. Like stop. Nah, nah, only, nah, nah, no, no. The Malice no. in the Palace was a fight. That was why that team was no, broken up. The Malice in the Palace. That's different. They, it was broken up. That because they was fighting the fans. That's the no, only. No, they fought. That. They fought each other and then they jumped in the fans. Ben Wallace yo. pushed Artest. 
And then they jumped into saying, like, because those are two dudes that really are fighting. But and they was fighting. But you got to think, like, the Pistons fights back in the day, they was fighting. But that's yeah, those were real. That's what I'm saying. So they was they was scrapping. I'm saying, like, in a in a locker room atmosphere, on a team atmosphere, like the young bull is a young bull, and now you stepped up with a veteran and you're popping shit. There's but a lead up to it. it doesn't just look happen. at who you're talking about. You're talking about Draymond Green, the and biggest has, mouth has, in the NBA, almost. Right. Bro. So right. that's what I'm saying. But what so if you can't, bro, how many times Draymond has talked about? Let's be clear, man. But that's but not. Nah, but that's I think that's the problem. There's a lead up to it, and they they ran down like all the shit that was going on before this happened. So no, the lead up, the lead up to that situation happening is long extended. So I mean, if it if it had its bullet point at that moment. It's that moment before that that's everything that leads up to that so it's well i'm not saying he deserved it i'm not saying it's his fault but i am saying like if you popping off expect what you expect if you see somebody walking up to you pulling on a shorts expect it if you push somebody off you be ready to swing on that person you don't push somebody and just put your hands back down it don't work that way point taken point taken no doubt no we didn't talk about this too long let's keep it moving where we at i'm saying we're gonna have like an overtime show like bill maher and them do Right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, so, it's, it's what it is. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 that. So the next yeah. person, Devonte Adams, he's getting charged with misdemeanor assault for pushing a press person. Um, press dude fell back, hit his head. Apparently, he got a concussion, like some other little bruises, stuff like that. Now he's suing. Him. Um, is that an overreach? Mm. Here's again, here's the thing. Let me y'all let me just, jump in here and just say this y'all real just, quick. Y'all just say, keep your hands to yourself. I'm I'm keeping it consistent. Okay. It's a money grab, but it is keep your hands to yourself. And this is the repercussions, just like Draymond, we said in the last segment. This is the repercussions from doing something stupid. And the crazy thing about now in Draymond's case, like you said, he has a tendency in videos of doing these type of things. Now, in Devontae's mm-hmm. case, unfortunately, he's always been a guy who's been a presentable guy has won man of the year type awards and things like that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that one bad moment of judgment is going to cost him. Like, he's not going to do any jail time. I get it, but the guy's going to get his money grabbed, and that's what this is. But, again, you didn't have to push the dude. Like, you know what I mean? You got the security guard right there with you. So keep your hands to yourself when you're in these circumstances because now athletes are making crazy money, which is a good thing for me and my mom. But, like, you got to remember that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not that, like, you're not above reproach and you're not invincible where they're not going to try to take your money. So you got to, even on the field of play, practice, keep your hands to yourself. That's what I got to say on it. Well, I'm going to come from the opposite field. Listen, the man was walking in front of him. He pushed mm-hmm. him down. Number one, this wasn't just an average person. This was a cameraman. So you know he's getting from one destination to the other. You see what I mean? You push this man down holding equipment, bag of equipment, and everything. Mm-hmm. Now, whether equipment broke, whether it didn't break, the bottom line is you put your hands on me when you should. And whatever repercussions, like you were saying, shot. Absolutely. If you put your hands on somebody, then you should be able to take whatever repercussions come your way. I don't care if you was mad at a play. I don't care if you was mad at a game win. You take that out on your team, the Gatorade table or something like that. You don't go pushing nobody else. Number one, it ain't got nothing to do with the game. Except taking shots. And then you just don't do it, period. Agreed. You just don't do it, period. So Again, 
toxic behavior. I'm going to play devil's advocate. As, as a member of the press, there are occupational hazards. So I understand you want to get the shot. I understand you got a producer in your ear telling you what to do. I get that. Your job is to do it without being in the way. So if dude's trying to get down the tunnel, get out the way. Like you're trying to put the camera in his face because you want the reaction. You want to see his emotion, whatever. It's like, oh, get in his face, get in his face. Make sure you get this shot, get that shot. I get it. There's an occupational hazard. If you're on the sideline, you got a camera and you're taking pictures and the ball comes that way, you might get ran the hell over. So it's like, where does it, where does it stop? I mean, as, as press people, we have to do our jobs without interfering with your progress. So if you're trying to walk that way, my job's not to get in front of you. My job's to get off to the side, get whatever angle I can get when you're going to the side, but you're trying to now be in this person's. But was he really taking pictures of him or was he going past? It looked like to me he was going by and just got in front of him and he pushed him. You're you're in the way. Occupational hazard. Move. Man, like uh, that's you gotta be aware of what you're doing. Like I can't. If I'm on a red carpet, right? And this the say it's the BET Awards, and you know. God forbid Beyonce decides to walk past me and I jump in front of her trail while she's walking past me. Her security guard pushes me. I shouldn't walk in front of them. Like you got to be aware of where you're at with what you're doing. Like it's Beyonce just, saw you standing in the way before she got there. That ain't the problem. I'm the problem. I'm in the way. Nah, like I'm not as not as press as press. You're supposed to be able to do your job without being in the way. Do your job so, without being seen. So you mean I'm to tell me? All them cameras to be standing out front of the door when Bieber or whoever come out of a restaurant, they be in the way of the car, they be in the way of this. It comes with the, it comes with the job though. It comes with the fame. But I mean, but that's but that's that's the that, but that's I think that's the thing, especially when it comes to like stuff like paparazzi and like people with cameras, things like that. You get whatever shot you got to get without getting in the way. If I stand in front of your car and you hit me, that's my fault. Because I should have got whatever I needed without being in front of your car. I can't block you. From I hear you. Away. And I agree with that when but it comes see, to paparazzi. But, but this but, cameraman is there to take the footage we, of the players. Move. So, so, so the real thing is, the real question that matter is that do we still think that the dude should have pressed charges on him? I think Was he hurt? Did yeah. he break equipment? We don't no. know that because I'm no, not hearing hurt. none of that. He's hurt. He got a concussion. His, his feelings are hurt. And we know that. And, and that's they fine. Say, they and, say and that Devontae, this one's a hurt too. And, and Devontae just got that $150 million cut. So we know this is what Let's that go. is. You know what I mean? Like, but Shad, we know no, that. No, 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 I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with that. At Let all. me play I'm, advocate I'm right quick. I'm absolutely not disagreeing with the, Shad, with the money aspect. You coming out of Walmart. You went in there for one thing. You got your thing in your hand. Devontae Adams is coming in Walmart, but he got cameraman with him. He pushed you down completely out the way. Whose fault is it? If I'm walking out, he's walking in, he pushed me out the way. Yeah, who's did I, see him? I don't know. Did you? Did the cameraman see him? That's the point I'm trying to make. Whose fault is it though if he pushed you down? I if just he pushed me down, it's his fault. Are you gonna sue? Am I gonna sue him for pushing me? Are you I, going to sue? Oh no, I can't exactly. Sue I know it. That's what I thought. <laughs> but I'm saying I'll but, drink saying, to that. It, but, that's what but, I thought. But if Devontae is walking into Walmart and I'm in there in press situation. And I'm trying to get some kind of footage of him coming in there, and I get pushed. Different story. Like I put myself in that position. I mean, it's, I just it's like at that point. At that point, who's off limits? Keep your hands to yourself. No, nah, that's not a serious question. Who's off limits at that point? So if if the chain man gets in the way and you're trying to like make a play, you push the chain man. 
Yeah. We all see the chain man drops the thing and gets out the way. I mean, People, the thing is that I just think it's going it's going to cause a a precedence where that's like we I'm always we, we've always seen them push the camera, not necessarily cameraman. Exactly. But, but now that he's this guy's pressing charges, I don't. But I don't think that they're going to make. I think like it's it's going to be crazy for him to have a misdemeanor for pushing a camera guy for a misdemeanor assault during a football game. I think that's going to be wild. I don't think he should be charged. And the guy pressing charges, he should just did some civil suit shit. And I know you got to go to criminal to go for the the civil, but it's like just so extra for the money grab. Like he probably could have. He worked for the NFL. They both work for the NFL, whatever. They could have sat down like, hey, y'all just mediate this. Like, y'all either somebody give me some money for this. I'm embarrassed, my feeling, and work it out that way. Instead of going through this is what happens. Right. So automatic cameras. But you know what? I promise you. Speaking of a $150 million contract, let me just say this. I'm done with it. I promise you. I don't even think it's gonna make it to court. I believe I believe he'll settle. Before they even get there, I'm not even thinking about the courtroom. He gonna it's settle cool. and make him cool. some offer. They'll appease him, rub his wounds, put the bandaid on, and they are gonna go back to business. But my thing is this: it's gonna be other people. If he does go to court, it's gonna be other people that's gonna try the same thing. Watch and remember, mm-hmm. I said it here today. So it's gonna be other people trying to get pushed and be in the way. Here's so, my thought. Go ahead. It, your thought. It's, it's, it's gonna be automatic camera starting to get set up in certain situations. They're going to start blocking, press them going through tunnels with the players. Now it's just going to be hanging from the ceiling. It's going to get them from the front and from the back. And people are going to start losing their job. And you're going to complain to the union that you now don't have a job because you got these cameras set up. But this is now set up because of what you did. There's, there's, there's kickback on it. So occupational hazard. If you don't, be ready to get pushed. That's all. Here's the thing. Keep your hands to yourself. Part two. Let's go. <laughs> you know what That's what I'm talking about, bro. <laughs> Listen. Right, the theme of tonight's show is keep your hands to yourself. We're gonna get no serious. matter what. We definitely gonna get so, serious. No, nah, so so somebody that has kept their hands to herself is this Mason Diddy situation. You know what? Uh, <laughs> nobody's throwing blows in this situation. Has he really kept? Nah, let me stop. Go I ahead. mean, you know, there's there's backstories, but it's Mason saying Diddy owes him money. He he offered Diddy two million dollars. No, he said he, he offered Diddy two million dollars to get his um get his master's Publishing. back. Yeah, yeah. So he wants his master's back from what is twenty three years now, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Twenty three years ago. Like I'll I'll give you two million to get it back. Diddy saying uh-huh. you, Diddy saying you owe me three. You're not doing anything with it besides again, is Diddy? He's making money off of the music. So now it's a back and forth about who does what. Mace had a concert. Um, when Mace had a concert out in Vegas, the sound went out. He was like, basically, thank you, Diddy. When people are trying to step on your toes, you know what I mean? You got to be bigger than them. Basically saying Diddy sabotaged his show. So post Bad Boy reunion tour, where they apparently had like an amicable situation, um, all this is now going down. Puffy, I think, would, for me, the rude party called Mesa fake pastor. Funny as hell, but I think it's rude. Um because he made maybe he was a pastor for real and thought that was his calling for a moment. He was. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's safe. You I saw him in Richmond. I saw him. He came to Richmond. So, I'm saying. So now you insult the man, call him a fake pastor, and then now the situation is escalating. Mace made a very valid point and was like, You saying that, you know what I mean, whoever got an issue with it 
come to me and we'll talk about it. Mace was like, everybody you're talking about is dead. So how are they going to come to you if they're dead? And then the people that aren't dead. That well, he, he said, show the receipts. Yeah, he said, show me the receipts where I owe you money. And in 24 hours, we'll get that. And then, like, of course, and like you said, of course, Mace was smart enough to catch that and state, hey, the guys that you're that really going to owe you some, that you're going to owe money to, such as Big, everybody that really puts you on, Craig Black Mac. Rob, Craig Mac, Mac. The ones that were gone. the ones that were making complaints while they were alive that didn't right. owe the money. Right. G Depp turned himself into for a murder that he committed in '93. He didn't even come out to 2003 because of his thing. I'm also read um, uh, Mark Curry's book, you know, Dance with the Devil, where he explains some of the the fake papers that people signed with Diddy. I, I here's the thing, you know where I stand with Mace, but I do think there's some legitimacy in his his gripes with Puff. But I also know that. We can't blame necessarily get on Puff when a lot of people were signing bad deals. And I'm not just saying with Puff. I'm saying at the time, a lot of people signed bad deals. Now, we do know that 50 Cent tried to get Mace out of it, and he offered him more than what the $3 million is now then to get him out of that contract, and Puff wouldn't sell him to him because 50 probably would have blew him up. You know what I mean? Like Because he was the hottest thing at the time. Um, Puff made uh, uh, also made the statement that, hey, Mace really only gave me one good album, even though, because at first Puff said he only gave me one album, but we know that Mace had double up. So Puff's like, hey, I can't, I didn't, wasn't able to recoup nothing because you didn't really put no videos out for that. And then the Welcome Back album, which kind of flopped. But he's only speaking of the Harlem World album, which went five times platinum. So mm -hmm. I think that they both have some legitimacy. And then like with Mace making this gripe about the three-headed monster troll with him, Jada Kiss, and Cam failing due to Diddy, I think Diddy did pull some strings. Absolutely. But again, what did Mace think was going to happen? Like, when you're, you're, like, instead of just taking it as a man, going to the man and talk to him, because like you said, you've had this relationship with him. What did you think was going to happen? He has power. He went to the man and talked to him. Like, this has been going on for years. Right. So you, you've, been, you've been doing it privately. So privately, you've been saying, yo, let me out of this. Like let me let me get my let me get my masters. Let me just own my shit. Like you've had it for twenty at that time, I guess it would have been twenty years. They had his stuff. Let it go. But Diddy's Diddy. He needs to make money off of the plays and the streams of people whose music is old, because it ain't coming from nothing you got new. So I remember even on he did I want to say it was either day twenty six or Danny Kane. He was on making the band. He was talking to the lawyer on the show. He was like, yo write something up in the contract where i can get out of this like he was trying to kick somebody out of the group he was like put a language in the contract so i can kick them out that they don't know like that's the kind of shady stuff he does on the backhand so he knows he's giving people nasty deals nobody nobody that's on bad boy for real made a grip of money being on bad boy well of course not like again like not even we, total like no, well no and that was his sister she wasn't really a sister. He was just to say that, but like, the, the thing is, is that again, that is true. Like there is a, there's a something out there I've seen where I read that he's the only artist that's had more than like five albums on Bad Boy. I think the next closest was One Twelve, and then by the time they got to the, like their fourth album, they would split a partnership with Def Jam. You know, right. um, exactly. he has a long track history of having very Shady. bad circumstances with his with his um, with his artists. Um, Mace brought up another key point, though. He brought up the fact that, like, all the paperwork is in his mom's name. 
which is the truth. Like we know that. And I, so how did you think you were going to go on tour again? Like Mace, you're making too many things public. You know what I mean? And then like, he's still like Puff still knows how to play the game where he's in the right people's hands still. You know what I mean? So he has backing. And I just think like, he's not going to ever get anything truly resolved. Like, you know what I mean? Because like you said, for him to call him a fake pastor, like I believe that I, like I, I kind of agree with the situation, but what did you think you were going to get with, you know, like with this approach? So you think he basically is just beating a dead horse? Yeah. Right. He has to, he has to get he has to get with some power hitters in order to come up off of this. But that's you know what I mean? Like, that's, like that's Mace has question. to get with some some, can some Mace, power hitter. Can Mace get out of his bad boy situation? Because from my understanding, he he owed Puff the last album, which was <clears> Welcome Back. So he put that out. That was supposed to be his last album to fulfill his contract. So what's keeping him <clears> from getting out from under Diddy? The three million that Puff didn't recoup for. You know what I mean? Like everything associated with no. Double Up and Welcome Back. That's a loss. He's not that's taking it. But, but he, as, as but, the owner of it, though, he has the right to say, hey, if you want it, you give me this X amount of money, right? I'm that's sure. Business. I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Puffy has made $3 million off of Mace. Oh, um, Harlem World initially went five times platinum. I'm sure it's you know it's been further now than than that. So that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm sure I'm sure he's gotten his money worth off of Mace. I'm sure it's not just still sitting at three million. Yeah, but Mace has to buy it in order to get it back. So you're you're putting him back on three million again. The man offers you two. You tell him no. You owe me three. Fifty offers you more than three. You tell him no. So it's like you just you're not trying to let dude go. Right. That's well, May should have May should have did what the locks did back in the day. Went in there through fridge freighters and come up with, with the and, but Mace, Mace didn't have it like that. Like he's not built I, like the locks. We know that, but you know what I mean? But I don't, I don't think I don't think that situation is too far fetched <laughs> at this moment. I think it's gonna come down to you know my goons versus your goons. Oh, well, we will see. So, like, you know, Puff said, "Bad boy for life." <laughs> we'll see how <laughs> you get out of these contracts, bro. <laughs> you, you stuck. We'll definitely see how it works out. All right, let's jump into this heavy lifting, boys. You want to? You want to go ahead and approach this? Hmm. Oh, we talking about domestic violence. We're going to talk about domestic violence tonight. You, who? Domestic violence okay. on tonight. That's what we're speaking on, which is a very serious subject. I take it very seriously myself because I happen to know a couple of fam and friends that I've had that we've lost domestic violence. So with that being said, we're going to kick off the domestic violence topic. Now, some things I managed to look up statistic wise, I can't say I don't agree with all of them, but some of them may have some truth to it. Like the women between the ages of 18 to 24 are the most commonly abused by an intimate partner. Uh, and domestic violence is a choice of the abuser, but is it him or is it underlining issues? A lot of these questions people are asking, and we're going to jump into some of these subjects tonight. But we all have known someone or heard of someone that was in a domestic violence situation. Whether it was a relative, whether it was a friend, whether it was a co-worker, whether it was somebody you went to school with. Domestic violence has been running rampant. And this is the month that we celebrate 
domestic violence. Not awareness, man. Not it's awareness. awareness. I'm sorry. <laughs> awareness. <laughs> awareness. awareness. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. We just like to bring but awareness to it. Yeah, you're gonna bring awareness to it in our way. Right. Yeah. Where that's what we're gonna do tonight. So go ahead, Shock, and kick off I mean, the first question. Well, let me ask the first question on this. Can we first just get some clarification to exactly how we define domestic violence? Like so so for for me, um domestic violence is physical, verbal, mental abuse. So it's it's taking the power that you have over another person and utilizing that in a way to control them. Um, the physical can be, it can be sporadic, it can be ongoing, it can be small things, it can be big things. Like it can be you pinching someone in the in a moment of anger, like just to control them or do whatever you need to do to whatever you feel like is rectifying a situation. Um, the verbal abuse, like, you know what I mean? Just cussing people out, um, like just attacking them verbally. The mental abuse is, you know, you separate people from their family. Um, you control like their finances. You keep them away from any kind of independence. Um, that's that's a form of abuse. So it's there's levels to it, and there's there's different ways of looking at it. So it definitely isn't just, you know, all out, you know, Tina Turner, Ike Turner brawl. Right. There's there's levels to it. Like it can be it can be small things that you just don't know about. Um, you know, I mean, it could be a chick just like smacking the dude in the back of his head because you're angry or because you're upset about something like that can be considered domestic um, domestic violence. It's there's just there's a lot to us. We need to like make sure that it's not just seen as if you don't have a black eye and a busted lip, then it's not really considered domestic violence. That's not true. Right. Right. What about you, Buzz? What do you how do you how would you define what domestic violence is? Like, what's your idea of what it is? In my opinion, with the background I have, I would say violent or aggressive behavior most of the time. It, well, it's in the home, typically involving the abuse of a spouse or a partner. But it doesn't have to be that. It could be a family member. You know what I mean? But just to gain, maintain or gain power, like Shia said earlier, or just maintain control over a partner or intimate partner or significant other. Yeah, I, I think there is like a psychological aspect of it that like that thing that people tend to, to, to brush over that because in order to even get into that circumstance, the psychological part has to take precedent. You know what I mean? Because sometimes it has somebody questioning themselves. You know what I mean? I think we we focus so much on like the physical aspect that we forget the the psyche has to be attacked first, you know, because without the mind, the body doesn't go. So I think. That's a good thing that, you know, we brought to light that the psychological aspect of it plays a big part. And um, next thing I want to ask is, like, what do we think, like, some of the reasons for, like, people get into these circumstances? Is it because, like, insecurity? Is it something that, like, maybe a, a guy seen his dad beat his mom? Or is it just or a woman see her mom, like, you know, put hands on people? And is it just or is it just? The fact that like people think that putting your hands on people resolves issues like you know what i mean it's not necessarily just a matter of like their partner like some people just think that putting hands on people is the best way to get something resolved like you know is how do we figure like the reasons for these domestic incidences well you know i'm gonna say hereditary is real 
because it happens more times than you would know that they see their parent their father beats their mother that's mm -hmm. what they see coming up and if you notice most of the time in our schools the bullies that actually bully are the ones that get bullied at home mm -hmm. believe it or not mm -hmm. so you know it's a cycle as far as when it comes to hereditary which is true he could have did that on the opposite side of the spectrum if you have a female who watched her mother still take care of business but the dad used to beat her maybe they adapt that mindset you know yeah well my mom didn't do anything or my mom accepted it you know maybe it's not that bad after all or maybe i could do the same thing you know everything else is good he makes good money he got a good job i got nice clothes so so they take it as like this is a part of love they, this is what i understand love to be because like oh if i speak out you know this might be like my mom dealt with it but we did okay but i just got to keep this part private like do you think that pays a part and like and then they, they pass it on like you know like some women think that some girls have seen that they like well my dad didn't but, hit me but he hit my mom but you gotta you know. think some of it some of it is passed down generation to generation it's mm -hmm. like um you have like grandparents that tell the girl in the family like don't talk back to him you're going to make him upset if you make him upset sure. he might hit you it's like that kind of thing gets passed right. down um but it is something that might be seen and it might be something where you start to blame yourself and say you know well maybe this happened because i said this or maybe because i did that and he's upset you start to you start to give yourself that that blame mentality but it's again it's it's just a matter of like not having that self-control i think even with this generation like you see like these young dudes and young girls talking to each other it's just like it's disrespect from jump and it's it starts off verbal and it's like you know what i mean f you f you you ain't this you ain't that you ain't shit. And this is like boyfriend girlfriend talking to each other but it's it's so normalized now to be that disrespectful to each other that when it becomes a situation and it becomes physical it's like i wish you would hit me i'll get my brothers to beat you up like you know what i mean then that jumps into it so now it's like you threaten him that way now he calls his cousin they threatening you next thing you know y'all back into a relationship and y'all happy again and then it sparks up again and it's just like a cycle and it's just because you're not i don't think that a healthy relationship is something that enough of us have seen so you don't really know what that should look like like it's just a lot of toxic relationships happening that are normalized and you think that you know what i mean if we fight and are we arguing or we cussing each other out or whatever that's just a part of a relationship until it gets physical and that's why i say like the mental abuse and the um verbal abuse sparks up into the physical abuse so it's just it's a lot to go into that so you touched on something that was key there because you said a lot of toxic because i think where people get comfortable with toxic relationship is the fact that we're always explaining that hey people stick together they stick it out or the fact of like we're not perfect people so you got to try to grow together but there's there's a certain there's a certain path or a certain way a certain point that you get to well, you got to understand that these are red flags that can lead to danger, not necessarily something that, you know, that you should continue on. Like there's like you said, if it's verbal, emotional, like you said, where you're feeling in a state where it's like, like, nah, this this don't make me feel like me at all. It's not right. the matter of like if you're 
like you said, where the communication is so harsh that it keeps building stronger and stronger and getting worse every time. That's a red flag. That's not right. a thing. And I get it. Like you want to give somebody that you care about, you know what I mean? The benefit of the doubt in circumstances. And again, we may have seen it and, and people make mistakes, but where do you find, like, where do you find that? That might be something a little bit too much. That might be a little bit too risque to kind of go back to that. You know what I mean? And I think that as people, we're also taught to forgive people. And then it leads to these things. And I think that's where this mistake goes, you know, goes down because we got to start correcting the communication, how we communicate, when we communicate and what we're communicating to people. And I think, how do you notice that these red flags can turn into something that's dangerous? You know, I think, I think that's the thing. I think, I, I think that we see red flags and we just push them aside. Wow. Like you, you excuse it. I think, I think, the, number of I, think reasons. I think, I think a lot of it is that people are uncomfortable being alone and you feel like you have that's to be weird. with someone. So it's like, you feel like you have to be in a relationship. You have to be with this person. I love you. So I'm gonna let that slide. And then it's like, I love you again. So I'm gonna let that slide. But you, you know, red flags when you see them, you know, toxic behavior. It's like you have people that say, oh, I, I'm in a relationship with this person because he's a protector. If something happens, I know he's going to go and fight for me. That's great. But what happens when that fight for you turns into fighting you? So it's like people, I get the protecting aspect, but you have to also know like people have a balanced aggression. Like this is only happening because of this. If something small happens and this person pops off heavy, that's a problem. Like I don't need you to go from one to a hundred over, you know what I mean? They put salt on the French fries. Like that's, that's mm -hmm. too much. So it's, you gotta like, you gotta know people's aggression, which is also I think people don't you don't date long enough so you're not you're not staying in a situation to get to know someone before you're jumping into like full-fledged relationships with these people you got folks moving in with people that they met a month ago like you don't know this person so it's it's a level of getting to understand people you got to ask people family members like their friends like yo what's he like when he's mad what's she like when she's pissed off like how does how does she react when she's upset what happened that time she got to that fight? Like, what was that about? Well, how can you tell if someone's insecure that may lead to that? Because in a lot of these cases, too, we do know that. And like you said, like, we do, we know that a lot of these cases take place due to insecurities about themselves for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Financially, like you said, um, upbringing. So how do we how do we able to like like understand like oh this person has some insecurities that might be dangerous like how do you how do you get to that because it develops in steps it may mm -hmm. not even happen at first you know it may become mm -hmm. simple like one night you tell me you go on some or you say oh i'm going out tonight and is it where you going you see what i'm saying the first may be just the where you going then the next time it happens she go out have a good time whatever next time where you going what time you coming back home i want you to be home by so and so or can you be home by so-and-so? Then it turns to, I want you home by so-and-so. Then that turns into, you're not going out tonight. But let me, with them. Let, let me play devil's advocate on just part of that. So when your partner goes out, 
we live in this crazy society where we see mass shootings and all types of things going taking place. So sometimes as a partner, would you want to know where your partner is going just on like, is it, is it, is it bad to ask them where they're going? I I don't know. I don't, I don't, I think a properly communicated relationship would let Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, I'm going out tonight. We're going to such and such. I'm going to be with these people, that people. I'm going to try to be home back around this time. Just so you know what's going on. If you need me, call me. I'll keep my phone on me, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's communicated. If you're okay. dressed walking out the door, it's like, you going out? Where are you going? That's different because that means you're not communicating, which is already showing that there's a problem because you knew you were going out. So why not communicate that with the person that you're with? It's just, that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's a, it's a lack of, like understanding how relationships work and i'm i'm very much like from friends the whole way down like i'm i'm very much to you know i mean call me if you need me kind of person i have friends that share their locations with me when they're going out and it's Mm -hmm. like yo i'm going to such and such with these people i share my location with you just in case anything pops off you know where i'm at um i'll let you know when i get home i'll turn it back off like that kind of stuff especially my female friends that are like in different cities right and that's just Again, it's just the communication aspect and saying, you know, I mean, that's more in case anything happens, somebody knows where I am. But if you're in a relationship, the person that you're in a relationship with should know where you're going before you're planning to be there. So you shouldn't be out somewhere and I have to like ask you where you're going. But you're you already, know, you're already dressed. That's what we do. We're like me and my queen, prime example. I work evenings. So I work every other weekend. So it is what it is. So if I get a text, Say I'm at work and it says, hey, me and Nika going to so-and-so tonight. It's this going on or they having this. All right. And the same thing every time, like clockwork. All mm-hmm. right, baby. Have fun. Be safe. And call me if you need me. Right. You see what I mean? But right. you got to know, and I'm going to go back because I'm going to pose a question in a minute. But I want to go back to the psyche because you have to know the difference between regular behavior as we like to call it or normal behavior and toxic behavior or controlling behavior or demeaning behavior or nasty behavior you gotta realize it and call it for what it is sometimes you don't need an understanding as to why you just have to call it what it is because that's what you experience it. That bruise, that black eye, that di- call it what it is. Don't try to figure out the why. You can figure out the why later. But, can, but let me let me ask you that real quick on the why though. That's my it, question. The, the real thing. All. The real thing is though, when it's toxic, especially when we're young, because we see this a lot. Like Shaw was saying, with a lot of the young, and we're older, so we're talking about there's relationships where the enthusiasm comes from the chase and the adrenaline of toxicity. Like, you know what I mean? Where, mm-hmm. right. So then it escalates. So how do we get children and people to understand that, hey, like, that's not it. Like, like effective communication in these relationships, like toxicity isn't the move. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to start communicating early and like, you don't have to string somebody. Like you're going to disagree, but it doesn't have to go to this point where somebody's showing their insecurity and it just keeps traveling. You keep bearing it. And it goes into this, this hellacious kind of state where people 
are hurting people or saying violent or vulgar things to each other. How do you get to that? Like this, the stop. You got to recognize it for what it is. Cause the only people that can truly change a relationship are the two people in the relationship. Yeah. I could tell you all day, listen, he shouldn't be asking you these questions or why does he do this? Or where you get that bruise on your arm from? And this is then the third, you know what? It's toxic. I think you should leave or it's a bad relationship. I think you should leave. And then that's why I say the psyche is just as important as the physical, because when you think about the psyche, then you're flipped in your mind to start making excuses for the bad that that person's doing. Oh, I fell down the steps. Oh, I, open the washer door too hard or I did something to get this bruise or this scratch or this mop knowing where it came from it's mental first then you get to the point to where you accept it that's the problem because once you accept it then there's no limit number one to how far it can go and number two you're saying it's okay like I take it for what it is this is going to be the us now I'm just going to deal with it and that's a problem. If you're watching this show and you're in one of those relationships, that is a problem. Yeah. Let me ask you this, though. Like, and it's funny that you say the psyche. You know, we keep harping on the psyche because everybody just thinks, again, I'm reiterating the same thing. Domestic violence is just physical. In order to get someone in it, bless you, that's in a position not. where you can just have these physical altercations, it's about, like you said, Boogs, the repeated hey, hey, it's the psycho, psychological aspect. So some common misconceptions we want to make sure we touch on is that do we believe that women are the only ones that are in domestic violence situations? Do guys do guys get um, abused by females? Do are there, Is there an LGBTQ community? Is there, um, you know, um, yes. domestic violence? Like, what do we think about that? Let me tell you something. Far as men getting abused, it happens. And I'm going to tell you some of the reasons why it happened. Number one, if you got a man that was raised to never hit a woman. Yeah. And that's what he stuck with his entire lifetime. And that woman knows that. That woman can either use that to her help or she can use it as his weakness. Mm-hmm. If I know you're not going to hit me back, there's no limit to what I may do when I get angry at you, when I have this anger built up in you. Because I know that if I throw my slipper or I hit you with a pan, that you're not going to do nothing but hold my hands or walk the other way or move out my way. So that makes it on their end. It's the same thing. You got to call it for what it is, acknowledge it for what it is, and leave. Or if you decide to say, stay, accept any consequences that come from your decision. Do you think, think guys? I think I think even when you go down that route, like a lot of there's there's women in you know I mean heterosexual relationships that understand if I call the cops and say you hit me, they gonna take you. They get the benefit of the doubt. Like they're but, taking but, your side. And to like, that point, shot, do men feel embarrassed to not call it on a woman because they I don't feel think, like it, it's less than like it makes them so, feel like like it makes me look mess masculine if I call and get a PFA on a woman. I think I think men feel that by calling the cops on a woman and saying that 
it is going to make you feel or make you seem like you're being emasculated when the cops get there. Are they going to believe me? If I call the cops on you because you're hitting me and then they get here and you say I hit you, I go to jail. And then it's like, I, how am I going to make somebody believe that I'm 6'3 and this 5'2 chick is beating me up? Like, you're not going to believe that. So it's it becomes a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot of perceptions that are in play that people have to overcome when it comes down to, you know, what I mean, saying this is what's happening. But in the same breath, I I was raised. Don't hit a woman. If I was ever hit by a woman, I guarantee you I'm leaving. Like there is no there's not going to be a second chance to do that again. I'm not I'm not going to fight somebody in a relationship. Arguments happen. I'm all I'm all for the argument is those. Are, that's a part of a relationship. Again, it comes with communication. It gets heightened as long as it's not disrespectful, as long as we're not attacking. Cool. We're going to have disagreements. We're going to have arguments. We can, you can get over that if it's like a like verbal assault, like on a regular basis. That's a problem. So it's I think that men go through it a lot more than like we Maybe acknowledge yeah. yeah because again a lot of it's not being talked about but you know what i mean there's a lot of dudes who be like yo she crazy like don't don't piss her off she crazy i don't want to have to deal with that when i get home and you know what i mean the dudes we laugh about it but it's like for real true you don't want to have to deal with that when you get home like she crazy you might get home and she might throw glasses at you when you get back at the house she might you know what I mean, slash your tires, bust out your windows, like put paint on your car. Like that's that's a guiding line to like physical abuse. You're next. So it's it's that it's that mentality of thinking that that's just she wild when she's upset. No, bro, that's that's borderline. You're you're right. going down the wrong road. I and got a question for the both of you right quick. I want to put out. I got a question I want to put out there right quick. Why? And let me finish. Why do you think? Well, I know it's one reason, two reasons, three reasons. But why do you think women or men choose to stay in these toxic relationships when they have or if they have a way out? Define a way out, please. Like some may say. I already know if I tell my dad or my brothers what's going on, they're going to come take me out this house, take me to my mother's house, X, Y, Z, this can happen. Or some may be like, I'm going to pack my bags and I'm going to leave because I'm recognizing this for what it is. So I'm going to just go. They have the power to go. Now, some don't feel they have an automatic way out because they're bound by the kids. Well, if I go and I take the kids, that'd be a problem. But, but if I leave the kids, that's going to be a problem. And that's, that's one of the things that I would say that's a why. But what do you both feel? You may nah, have other whys. Nah, I say that's, that's where that's where that's where the mental abuse comes in before the physical right. abuse. That's that's my whole thing. It has so, to it has to be tackled mentally first because of that. Because you, like again, like you were saying, Shaw, like you have to put in place you know what i mean like what they're trying to do beforehand like it's the insecurity so they're going to try to 
like you said, that's why you hear in so many instances where guys apologizing or, you know what I mean, or even a woman, because again, we know these circumstances like, oh, I'm having this or I'm going through that. And this is that, this is that. So you have to put these excuses in play because again, like it's hard, you know what I mean? Because you, one, you're familiar and, and people like we're, we're people like people are, are creatures of habit and routine. So yeah, it's easier to be home with this person see every day than to uplift financial uplift. You know what I mean? Change things with the kids. Like you said, the kids are still going to have to have this parent throw the relationship done. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's hard for people to have a regular divorce in a civil, you know what I mean? Relationship. And you just don't want to be together as an individual no more, let alone a physical altercation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, think about it. Like, like there's so many, like we have friends that got regular divorces and they weren't in that type of state where they were physically fighting. So the mental aspect to think that you can't go because like this person might really try to hurt you or the kids. That's the fear that was put in place already. Right. That was put in place a long time ago. So that's why you got to note, like the key thing is you got to start paying attention to these red flags early and understand that this toxic behavior isn't something to laugh off. It's something that you have to be aware of and say, Hey, this ain't something I want to go down. Like, I don't, like you said, I don't need to have kids with this. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things in place that you got to look for early and you, and it does take time because a true, that's like, it just takes a lot of time. And like Shad said, like people rush into a lot of things, give it time because people will truly show you who they are and what they're about. And if we stop trying to make everything such a quick thing in this microwave society and get, and stop worrying about what people think or what the familiarity is, we'll be all right. But it's the psychological aspect that really kills people's, um, wanting to get out in situations beforehand. It's the psychological. It's not the physical. The physical is just a byproduct of the um, psychological. And I think I think it's I think it's important when when something presents itself and it's a red flag. If you want that relationship, you have to address that flag. It's like yo, this thing you did yesterday, that ain't cool. Like that's not going to work. So if that's how you deal with things, we need to like either figure that out or go our separate ways. And that's just that's I think that's maturity in relationships. But we get caught up in, like Bub saying, the familiarity and the stability of a relationship that you just want to stay in it because it's comfortable, even if it's toxic and you know it's not good for you. Like you stay there because, you know, I mean, we bought a house together. We got all our finances tied up. Like our families know each other. Our families are close. Like, how am I going to get divorced with this person? I still I got to see your family. I'm going to take the kids over there for a birthday party. And it's it's those things that keep people in situations that they know they don't want to be in any longer, which is why when some people end up actually getting divorced, they hate each other. So it's like, I don't want to be nowhere near you because you let it go too long. I think that if you if you really communicate and really address issues and situations in your relationship head on, like there's a way to always have a divorce and be amicable. Because it's like, we dealt with this. I'm good. Like, this ain't going to work for us. I love you. Whatever. We got to let this go. And then you divorce and it's like, you know what I mean? We're cool. We're going to co-parent. We're happy. Like, I'm happy for her. I'm happy for him. You have a great life. You have a great life. Our families are going to still communicate, whatever. We just aren't going to work out because there's this thing happening. And then it's like, maybe it is a therapy thing. Maybe it is like a, you need to like get therapy for that. 
And I always say with therapy, you need to have individual therapy before you have couples therapy. Right. And I, I feel personally, if you're in a relationship, there should be continuous couples therapy. Like there's always going to be issues that are coming up. You need guidance to get through that kind of stuff. And as as spiritual as I am, a lot of people say, you know, just pray about it. Some stuff ain't about just praying. Some right. stuff you gotta like, you gotta unload somebody that's a professional. You gotta unload that baggage. If see, right. I to your point, shot, I think you should go, you both should go to individual counseling and couples counseling. Absolutely. If it's if it's something that's decent, like if it's just like you said, financial, and like you said, you like you argue, but like if it's in a physical a physical realm, you gotta really start considering something different. Like because of the fact of like if it's getting so toxic that it's it's crossing the line that you can't not put your hands on someone and it be physical yeah. and that's not even if you have children because of course the children saying it is the obvious like yo that's the no but if you get to that point where it's getting so fevered where putting your hands on someone is the way that you're trying to get them to see your point you're failing yeah. you know what i mean and you don't need to be with that person you know what i mean because obviously the way you're you're relaying it and the way they're trying to they're receiving it isn't working, it's not working. And, and, it, and it's not worth it for either one of y'all like yeah. you know what i mean there's there's someone for you that may be more responsive and understanding the way you deliver stuff and vice versa for them and we got to start understanding that it's not the end of the world if it's if you got to leave somebody you've been with for a while but you know what on. i mean like i got a question would y'all go as far as to say i'm gonna give you two examples that it's weakness and the reason i say that is because from from which from which person I'm like the abuser or the abused? that's from the one being abused from the abused person would you go as far as to say it's weakness and i'll put this out there let's say we have rochelle who gets into an argument with clyde clyde tell rochelle you know what i'm not i'm done with it go upstairs before I knock you out or go upstairs before I do this. And Rochelle actually goes upstairs. But then you have, on the other hand, Rashida, who was once married to Clyde. She's not married to Clyde no more because the same situation happened. Go upstairs before I knock you out. Who are you talking to, Clyde? You won't do X, but, Y, C. Is it a difference? Is, would you go as far as to call it weakness? But no, I think... Weakness I think for what? For not standing up for themselves in nah, that situation? I think... I think the the one that the one that went upstairs bought herself time. So it's enough time for you to go get your stuff together. Maybe when Clyde go to work, you pack your shit up and you leave. Because it's if I threaten you, I'm gonna knock you out. At some point I'm going to do it. So it's it's a threat now because you're not mad enough. So I don't think that's weakness. I think that you just have to make strategic moves after that moment happens. So when that happens, it's like, okay, that wasn't cool. Let me call such and such so I can get up out of here. Let me figure this out. Let me separate this. Let me get this in motion. You start making the moves you need to make to leave yourself in that situation. But the ones if, that are weak, do they stay? But I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's weak. But the ones that decide to stay, do you consider that being weak? No, nah, because think, again, it's, it's psychological and yeah, they, if you understand if you understand the psyche everything is tactical when you're dealing with someone's psyche and if you're going to sit here and and question like usually these things like if you watch every story i watch 
for my man, all these different things where it was like that. The guy was Prince Charming. Then it was one indicator. And it was like, ah, it was an incident. Again, familiarity. Oh, people deserve second chances. Like you tell yourself things because we're taught these things. Yeah. But we have to untrain ourselves from understanding what, which is like, oh, well, he just, he fussed at this guy. You know what I mean? I wasn't, it was uncomfortable because he yelled at him in front of the thing, as opposed to him cussing me out and telling me he's going to knock me out or don't, or tell me to shut the F up at home just because he was talking to somebody. You have to be able to differentiate what's really just something that's, you can talk about like, hey, you don't got to cuss that guy out in public. Oh, my fault, babe. That's cool. But he ain't never gave you none of that, that energy as opposed to if he's giving you that type of energy at home or in front of people. Then you got to differentiate and say that's not weak. I just think it's all about the psyche. And you can't call somebody who's going through that weak. It's, hey, that was the whole tactic. You know what I mean? The strength comes in when they remove themselves from it. And there's people that try to get out these things. Men and women both, like they, like you know what I mean. It's just that it's it's harder to do the longer you stay in it, and the more you have attached to this person. That's why the key thing is to look at it from the beginning of the relationship and understand what's really a red flag or something that's just ah, that's just something that, that's weird. That you know what I mean, kind of quirky that might get on my nerves. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's something that you, but still something that you may be able to deal with, but something you may not be able to deal with. That, we all have free will and choice. Yeah. You know what I mean. I don't, so I don't, think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a weakness kind of thing. I think it's a, it may be like an insecurity. It may be a moment where you just you're not sure what to do. You don't know if you're going to be able to get help. Um. Again, maybe you may you may be blaming yourself for it. Where it goes back into the psychological part. I don't think. I think that we we balance out weakness and say that you're strong when you fight back and that's not necessarily being strong that's just defending yourself reactionary yeah if you fight back and you still stay that's just it's the same thing you just had a fight and now you're physically fighting each other and you're going to get in bed together like it's i think it's just it's it's a lot to it but i don't think that I don't think weakness is a part of it. I think, especially again, when people, when you start secluding the person away from their family, you start secluding them away from their friends, you start telling them, you know, nobody's going to believe you. Nobody, nobody's going to love you like I do. Nobody's going to be there like I am. Nobody's going to provide for you the way that I do. Who are you going to go to? Where are you going to go? Nobody talks to you. You don't have anywhere. It's like that kind of thing because it takes time to separate people. If you're really close with your family and then all of a sudden, you're not there anymore. You haven't seen your family in five. You're not going years. to cookouts. You're not going to dinner. Right. Exactly. It's, so it's, it's like now I'm going to be embarrassed to come back and tell y'all I'm in this abusive relationship with this person that y'all told me y'all didn't like how he did this thing back then. And I told y'all to stay out of my marriage, which becomes another issue. It's like you jump into things being the person from the outside. You see it happening and you jump in. Now I'm here ready to defend you. And you're telling me to stay out of it. So it's like, if I jump in, you get mad at me. Now it's like, I'm trying to figure out where I balance in that because I see this, you're not addressing it, but I can't get involved because you're telling me that I'm making it worse. So it's, it's, it's so many like dynamics to it that it's, 
it's uncomfortable for people to get involved in that situation to say you need to walk away because yeah, I think if the person that's in is not ready to walk away like you're you're not having an effect on that and i think it's lazy to, to try to label somebody and i'm not saying you label somebody but they the figure that someone that's going through like the, the label someone weak in that situation because again if you understand the psychological aspect but everything like people are creatures of habit and we need routine but then you think you love this person like you know what i mean in a lot of ways and then it also takes into effect your background that person's background there's so many different dynamics that you know to sit there and say like oh there's reason they're doing this because of that is to be like nah it's just being trying to make it black and white but these situations are never black and white except for the fact that you need to get out you know what i mean so with that being said how do you think once you identify that you're in these circumstances what do you guys think is the best way to try to tell someone that they need to get out of a certain situation like have you ever noticed someone that you felt like man that doesn't look right in that relationship and how have you approached them with it like how would you tell someone that's that's been I've in a situation been down like that? that road i've been down that road and I mean, I well, was did everything I could to help that person. That person knew they they already knew. And then sometimes, like I've said before in previous shows, you have to be just sick and tired of being sick and tired. You got to have your breaking point. Some people have to have that breaking point to make them move on from whatever situation that they may be involved in. Yeah. But needless to I mean. Well, how did you know? Like, how did you know say, that this person was in a I situation? I mean, I was. A, I was happened to be let in because i was i was a confidant of the one being abused okay i was the one she could come and talk to about anything okay and you know i wouldn't help her get like i mean straight up no transparency let me Mm -hmm. put it that way i mean everything that ever went on i was like i was made aware of because i looked out i reached out you know i helped her get her first firearm i helped her do this you know for the protection Mm -hmm. of her and her babies you see what I'm saying? Prior mm-hmm. to all of this. So, of course, I'd be one that she trusted when things mm-hmm. started happening and this happened and then this becomes stolen and this happens. And once I said what I said, and I have to admit, like, I thought, you know, it was going to be some naiveness. And it was, you know, for a minute because it's like, you know what it is. This, this, that, and the third. But I said everybody. That's why I said some just have to get to that point where this is it. That's the yeah. final straw. Yeah. I'm not never again, like never. And it's sad that some people wait that long to when they actually want to do action because believe it or not, some people don't make it. And that's not real, man. To the breaking point. So I think that the, real quick shot before you jump over, real quick, book. So did the person feel comfortable coming to you or did you notice it and bring it to them and give them advice? Well, the person had a conversation and I had certain questions that led to another conversation. I'll put it that way. Okay. And then of course that's how I became well, I was already a confidant, but you right. know, once you feel you could talk about that or it's called out, it's like I opened the door. So what steps did you just, provide to that I, person? I helped the person get a firearm. I did was trying to leave. They needed me. Yes, sir. And they did. They did leave and they went out motel and some of us was helping with that and things of that nature. And then lo and behold, you know, 
not too long after it's like you back there yeah yeah was she in community did the person stay in communication with him and did you how did you react when they told you they went back to that i was upset you know that's anger i was upset mm-hmm. because you know i'm like okay well we got you out we helped to get you out now it's like where we go from here until it happens again because you already know and i told you know it's it's gonna happen again. it happens again. it's not right it's just when it's gonna happen not if it happens it's gonna happen again it always happens again it's never so, just the first time i mean the last time excuse me so in this situation is the person currently still in the situation or did anything come from that situation she's gone mm. permanently any from kids involved anything like so yes. she's gone from what's, from what's a domestic it? violence situation no she's gone she's dead he she was murdered doesn't say by by the, by by the guy by her wow. wow sorry about that yep <sighs> sorry shot um, no 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 that's what i'm saying like i think that that's where it gets it gets touchy because you see it and you try to address it and it's like mm-hmm. you you do what you can to get that person out of the situation and you're trying to like pull because you see it going south and i think this is where like friendships are like extremely important because you got to have somebody if not a couple people that you can be completely honest with and say you know what i mean this is what's happening i'm not really sure how i feel about it like you know what i mean what do y'all think mm-hmm. and you have to have you have to have a circle of people who aren't going to judge you and aren't going to like ridicule or take your business and throw it back out in the street and be like, oh yeah, this is what she going through back such and such. It's you got to have that, those close, those close confidants because sometimes that's your only, your only outlet. But then it's like when people come to you with it, if that person's coming to you, you have to take it seriously. And I think that's where, that's where we, we make those mistakes and it's like we, we joke about it like we you know what i mean we all watch what's love got to do with it you know what i mean it's it was funny when she was in the house and was like fight out fine find your ass and it was funny until like it really struck her what she was saying mm-hmm. and it was like yo that's really my life and you're laughing about it and that i think that becomes a situation it's like all right you better go on you know you're about to get pissed off you're gonna beat you in the car and it's like you laugh because it becomes a joke because you obviously you see it and then when they get in the car it's like yo what you say they don't make them say something like that why would they say that why would they why would they make that joke and it becomes an issue so i think you have to like really have people on your side really have people advocating for you really have people watching situations and saying yo if you need me i'm here so you think we desensitize it sometimes absolutely I don't so, even think it's sometimes I think we I think we're a completely desensitized um population of people. And under that same desensitized umbrella are the ones, are the same ones that say, Well, you know, that's not my business. So right. let, me, my business. let me ask you stay out of that. Let me ask you this, Shot. Have you had an incident like you know with books? Thing? Did you have a friend or someone that you know reached out to you that was in a certain circumstances and you express to them like hey this this doesn't look right or no, I, had a friend. A- okay. I saw it in person 
Okay. What did you say? Like, like, it was it was like a no names, but you know. No, 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 definitely no names. But it was a, it was a situation we were at a cookout. Um and it was first it was it was just verbal. And it was like, yo, shut up. Why do you keep talking? Shut up. And it was like going back and forth. And we was like, you know, I mean, me and a couple other dudes was like, that ain't about to fly. So, you know, I mean, that's that's not that's not gonna work. I was like, yo, bro, you good? You know, I'm cool. She just keep over talking me. I was like, I mean, it's just it's a you know, you try to play it down. It's just it's a conversation, man. It's like right. everybody's gonna over talk everybody. Like every now and then you just gotta try to jump in. I was like, it's not you know, I mean, a thing thing. Okay. Um, then it's like they were going to leave, and I was like, yo, I was like, is that like an everyday kind of, you know, what I mean, interaction? She was like, yeah. Like, he, he always telling me, like, shut up, shut the fuck up, know your place, you need to be quiet. You're a woman, I'm a man, don't over talk me, don't embarrass me in public. And I was like, I said, so I was like, you realize that's not how a dude. And you're in a relationship with she'd be talking to you yeah i know all right so i need you to either address it or just walk away um later on got told that you know i mean they got into an argument same thing he gut punched her and she was like it knocked the wind out of her to where she was like bent over and he was like i told you stop talking like that look you made me do that and she was like i gotta call my dad was like call your pops leave called her dad dad can't pick her up left two three months later you know i mean back apologizing buying gifts you know i mean doing all the flowers and all the other kind of stuff was like you know i mean it's just i lost it in that moment i'm sorry blah 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 cool goes back a couple months later arguments start up again a couple months after that gets hit again leaves again and then now it's like now you have a child involved so it's like i'm now i have to uproot with my child and she did so she got her kid walked away put out a restraining order was like you know what i mean until you can get yourself together i don't even want you around us but even after that there's going to be visitations for you and the kid but it's going to be without me not without her and then observed by somebody else so it's like you meet at a mutual spot, you, you know I mean, pass the kid off to whoever that person takes the kid to the dad. Dad brings the kid back to the whoever, whoever gives the kid back to the mom. And that's how they had to operate for a while until they can start having like face to face kind of interactions. So it was fortunately, you know, what I mean, she got out. But like Bug saying, it was the get out and go back part that bothered me and it was this and then even that is you can see like him trying to separate her from her friends it was like why are you always talking to such and such why are you talking to them like you know what i mean you're, insecurity type you're in a relationship now you shouldn't be talking to other men and i'm your man so that became an issue um so it i mean i've and that's just that's one person i've seen it with numerous people a few people Right. And and this, I think now at you know, I mean, at our 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 adult age, like I can I can say to like you know, what I mean, younger cousins or like younger friends or younger people, like yo, y'all need to learn how to communicate better than what you're doing right now, because this is escalating, right. and if it escalates too far, there's going to be a problem. Now, me, 
I've done the jump in it and get physical with the other person thing. I'm not doing that no more because I jumped in, got physical, and you went back anyway. So now I'm risking my freedom for something you're about to walk back into. You mean I, for somebody else, right? Like jumping in and right, helping somebody. I'm jumping okay. in to help you. And then you have people, I have a friend like two weeks ago, one of her family friends did that, his sister, in a relate, I mean, in an argument with the boyfriend, boyfriend, you know I mean, cussing her out, screaming at her, threatening her, whatever. She calls her brother, brother comes over, picks her up, takes her and her friend out for drinks. They out chilling. Brother, you know what I mean, beefed up with the dude before they left. They leave. They go out for drinks, come back. Brother's dropping the sister and the friend off. Dude comes up to the brother, shoots him eight times. Kills him. And it's like, you jumped in this to try to protect somebody, and now you're gone. He going to jail. Sister's devastated because now all that you can even think about replaying in your head is I should have never called you. And now my brother's gone because of something that he did in a situation I knew I shouldn't have been in in the first place. Like Any it's, kids? It's, yeah, two. I'm saying so you you kill you kill the brother who's an uncle. You ruin the family dynamics because now the sister still has another brother and sister. So it's like you call that brother. That brother is now dead because you called that brother. Now you got to face your other brother and sister. Who are probably somewhere and they're going to blame you for that you're blaming yourself for that and then the boyfriend's just in jail like he shouldn't have disrespected me and then the kids like you said just uncle and a family like it just it fucks up the whole family dynamic because of not knowing how to communicate and deal with situations but you asked the question you said um like in the lgbt community the domestic violence in lgbtq plus community is either equal or higher than a heterosexual relationship why do you think that not it's just statistics i think okay. that it's higher because if you think about it if you're if you're in an argument say you're in an argument with a girl right right the only thing that stops you in most cases for men who can have that that violent tendency the only thing that stops you is that you're a woman if you in this you hear this if you were a man i would knock you the hell out so what happens when you have that tendency and you are a man? So now that testosterone bucks up and you got two men fighting for that alpha spot and now you're gonna fight. You got women who deal with women and it's like, I can fight you and kind of get away with it. So now you're fighting. It's just, and again, there's not a lot of communication in those situations. You don't know how to, you don't know how to like argue as dudes and argue with another dude without getting physical. We're taught to fight another man when you feel disrespected or you feel like you're trying to intimidate me. Like you're not gonna punk me. And I think a lot of people tend to forget like gay men are still grown ass men. They right. still fight like grown ass men. They still have right. reactions like grown men. Like the fights happen and it's like it's almost normalized in the community because that just happens. That's just how it is. Well, to your like with that, do you think that with that, like society doesn't take it or like even the courts or the cops aren't going to take it as serious. They're yeah. just going to look at it as like an assault because of their same sex. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they just they'll view it as an assault instead of a domestic situation because of the fact that it's the same sex in these incidences. I hate I hate to say this. The my perspective, the LGBT community is the throwaway community anyway. So whatever happens over there, y'all figure it out. 
y'all deal with it like who cares like y'all fighting that's what y'all do y'all fight like i'm not getting involved in that just that's that little domestic thing y'all got going on and that's how it's treated so there isn't the same kind of reaction as if a man called and said or a woman called and said this man is beating me if another man calls and says this man is beating me like that's my domestic partner like the threat will become if i come over there both of y'all going to jail okay. are you going back in or not okay. and that's just where it's at and you gotta think most people I'm not, I'm not gonna say most people a lot of people i think in the community either one have been abandoned by their family or like discarded okay. from the family they don't have anywhere else to go um they don't have any other resources mm-hmm. like they were probably either in a secret relationship for one okay. to start or you're in a relationship and nobody approves of it so now like if you don't approve of your lifestyle you can't come here you can't come live in my house with that lifestyle like influencing whatever you're influ- like it's just it's a right. lot to it and it's just again it's, it's it's the throwaway community unfortunately that's how it's being seen so it's an in- so is it an insecure thing or the fact that the, like this like, again it goes to the psyche of the person involved in the situation um do we think it's just the fact of like again like someone's aware that the fact that it's not going to be viewed as a domestic situation because i think in some cases too and like you said this is like even with guys and and women and women and guys like sometimes that stops you the fact that you know like uh if i get this on like my record or something like that it won't you know what i mean like you don't no, want I, that domestic tag you know what i mean or it's things almost like, that like or the, it's it's almost it's almost like bragging points like i had to put my hands on them and it's it's seen as like that's just that's normalized like yeah we got into we got into a little scuffle like i had to you know i mean i had to throw my hands at him real quick because i mean he forgot who the hell i am and it's just it's normalized so it's like especially in 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 the community one there's a lot of alcohol there's a lot of drinking there's a lot of fast relationships there's a lot of short-term relationships so it's a lot of like met that person, live with that person now that I met last month in a relationship for four months, break up, gone. And it's just there's the the stereotypes that go with that. And a lot of it is just stereotypically, a lot of it is just like a party relationship and it's seen that way. So until like that's really understood and the communication again goes the same way there's a lot to to be learned a lot of those relationships are younger kids like they're younger dudes and fighting is a big part of the community it's a big part like you fight you fight other dudes for whatever reason you fight the person in your relationship you fight people outside your relationship you fighting straight people that might be fucking with you it's just like you have to be a fighter and that's how you deal with everything physically is that because of everything that's being suppressed like you know what i mean like you said if you're not comfortable or, or i wonder like if it's because of the fact of is it people that are open and have like the support of their family or is it more or less like i would love to see the numbers on the fact that if it's if it's people 
who like have to suppress and like you said to not have the support of their family I don't or they think, is i don't even think if you if you're suppressing it's not even not having the support i think the people mm-hmm. that don't have the support are ones that are open okay. with with who they are it's okay. the suppression is like a different level so it's like you really can't go to somebody and say this is what's going on in this lifestyle that you know nothing about me having any kind of involvement in so you can't do that it's it's the people that that know that are again thrown thrown away by the family like you just you can't be in this christian household like that <clears throat> excuse me so i think there's a lot to that it's i think that there's a lot to be worked on but it takes the same the same level of communication that it would take in any other relationship i think that it's the same red flags it's the same you know what i mean precautions you just gotta look mm-hmm. at it the exact same way there's nothing different about it so the key so the key thing that we notice is that um there's a lot of variables that play um part into why these people are having these toxic relationships but the one thing that we can come to the conclusion of is that don't take red flags lightly yeah. if you're in a situation right now where you're truly unhappy and it's and it's been getting so physical that you're just trying to stay for some other reason the only reason is you so get out like don't don't try to find every other reason to be there if you aren't happy you're never going to be happy you got to find and everything else can be replaced you can get a different home you do like but we need you here and we need yeah. you to understand that it's definitely not worth it like it, it's not you can you can your kids can go to a different school they'll struggle but like the the peace of mind you'll get from getting away from this bad relationship this is for men or women straight or gay that doesn't matter please just take this time to really listen and understand that it's not worth it that you can start over and you need to if it's if it's that that point if someone is constantly putting their hands on you or blaming you for something and it just see they, they and it takes you out of what you're feeling good about, and it's nothing that's that's harming them. Like you said, if you don't see your family, please. There's the number at the the bottom. There's a website. You go to local shelters. Find out. Like we have the internet. You have a phone. Make an escape strategy. Please take the time to find a way to get out. There's yeah. somebody. There's somebody. Like you may think that there's nobody that will help you. Or you may not have family. There's somebody willing to help you, and there's and there's people out here that love you. We love you. You know what I mean? Like we rather hear about another person saved than another person lost any day. So, um, agreed. Whatever else you fellas got to say on this, it's just a very tough situation, and yeah. we just know that. Um, again, just love yourself more. Make sure your kids don't see this. Make sure you know, like you're worth it just just value yourself that person knows that you're so valuable that's why they're trying to hold you back don't waste your time with them there's just somebody out there that's going to love you better absolutely most definitely Saad, you got anything else no i'm good man i'm likewise yeah. and as always we want to thank y'all for tuning in and again 
The number is at the bottom of the screen. If you need help with someone who needs help, call 1-800-799-7233 or visit www.thehotline.org. There's so many other places you could have been on a Friday night, but you decided to be here with us and rock it with the Q, and we appreciate you each and every Friday night. We pray that you be happy, be safe, but most of all, be you. Take care. Q out. Q out. And keep your damn hands to yourself. No doubt.